Good morning. Uh, it's really good to be here this morning. I I don't know if you feel like, like something is changing. I, and I, you know, a couple of weeks ago we, we sang a song that was written 40 years ago. And then Meg said, uh, somebody said, we are coming out of the wilderness. You know, and there's a, a process of healing happening. And I think it has a lot to do with this song that we were singing. And we, we thought about this song Thursday night after our Bible study. You know, we, we try to finish on time. So we, you know, keep like from seven to eight. And then we start talking until nine. <laughs> but it was a good talk. It was a good time. You know, and we were talking about finding the gifts. And then we thought about this song that we, as we wait on the, we find. You know, and, and we were talking, it's almost like you are born normally, right? If you're healthy and perfect. You're born with all the muscles to do anything. You know, and some people develop some muscles better than others, I don't know. You know, but, but I think that when we, we wait on the Lord, we will find these gifts, like muscles, that we can start using and start developing and asking the Lord to help us. And so we bless this time for us as a time of healing, of coming out of the, the wilderness. As you think about that, verse in Songs of Solomon, who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? You can only come out of the wilderness leaning on your beloved. You cannot even make it yourself. And we come and we lean on him. And we put our trust in him. And, and we cannot do it in ourselves. But he has also blessed us with help, helpers. <laughs> the body of Christ, you know, every joint supplying. And that's how we grow. That's how we are made perfect in unity, John 17, Ephesians 4. And we keep going back to those because I think that those are key scriptures for us. If we're going to grow, we're going to be inside members of the body, connected to other parts of the body of Christ. So we bless that for us. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about you know, he loves you the way you are. And of course, there are things in us that we want to change. And then last week, was like, but what if he doesn't change? What if he doesn't care about changing that? 
And then a good example is Paul asking the Lord, saying, I asked him three times. I have this thorn in my flesh. And he said, no, you keep it. You stay the way it is and accept it. My grace is enough for you. Do you have a few thorns that you wish you could get rid of? <laughs> or do you have gifts that you wish you had and then you see somebody else with those gifts and then you go, oh, I wish I, I could do that. And he's saying, no, it's all good. I love you just the way you are. And we, I read also out of Matthew 9, said, when, when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. At least for me, and I, I think it's probably happening for more of us here, the Lord's making sure that we enter in a deeper relationship with Him, getting to know Him, getting to find those gifts, and getting to know Him without the, the conditionings. You know, a, a lot of our conditionings come from relationships. But the problem is that we put up walls and then we close the healing that comes through relationships also. Right? So in isolation, we cannot be healed. We cannot be, you know, touched by the Lord. And I bless that for us. I'm going to read a story. Last week, I also read about that woman that she was in isolation for 12 years. She could not go to the synagogue. She could not be around people. And she decided to go and touch the Lord. It was the last thing she could do. It was despair. She had done, tried everything. You know, I mean, think about that. If she had a family, a husband, children, she could not even be around them. And she decided to just go and touch the Lord. And what really struck me was Jesus, the Lord, called her act of despair, of just going through the crowd, probably hiding her, her identity so she would not be recognized in public, and trying to sneak, sneak away without being noticed, violating Leviticus 15, the laws of impurity. Jesus called that an act of faith. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So I'm going to try to hold my ground here. And I'm going to read another story of another woman. 
that the Lord said basically the same thing. He said, at the end, I'm going to get there. He said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. If you think about shalom, it's not just go and nobody's going to bother you anymore. You know, you can go back to your isolation. You can go back to, you know, your normal life. No, go in peace, go in shalom means go in complete wholeness, complete restoration, completely being who you are with nothing out of place. But let's go to the beginning. Luke 7, 36. Before I start, once I took a class about mission, missions. And you read so many mistakes that were done by missionaries in the name of God, in the Bible, forcing people to change. You have to stop doing this and you have to, you know, and, but when you read about Christ, he came not demanding that people would be changed. I just read it. He came for the sinners. And everybody was trying to put this facade of being perfect and righteous. And this is where we are right now. Luke 7, 36. Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, right? You know when you speak to yourself, oh man, that guy is in trouble, <laughs> right? He, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is and who is touching him, that she is a sinner. So it's a complicated situation here. Everybody knew she was a sinner, she was impure. And here is this Pharisee trying to rub off of Jesus, you know, look good with everybody else. I'm going to invite him to my house. And then this woman, number one, you, as a woman in that culture, you could not touch anybody or man. And a rabbi. And being a sinner, we do not, do not know what kind of sinner she was. But she came and touched him. And then Jesus answered him saying, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it. Teacher, rabbi, 
A moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Okay, two debtors. Maybe $500 to one, $50 to another one. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. She has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. For he said to her, then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sin? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I love this. The difference here is that we are all sinners. But some think that in their own self-righteousness, they are better than others. So they think that they owe less and that they need less forgiveness. So in one sense, it's just good to be honest and say, I am a sinner. I have thorns upon thorns in my flesh. And all I need to do is just come and surrender and confess it and be fine with that, accepting the way I am, who I am, because it is when I am able to touch him that I'm forgiven and I am cleansed. And I am I'm put back together in wholeness, in shalom, in completeness. Now this Pharisee, he thought he was so important. <laughs> and he was judging the woman, but he was not even being able to recognize who was in front of him. I'm going to read another paragraph of this book, The Ragamuffin Gospel. Though Christ no longer visibly moves among us, we minister to him in the ragamuffins within reach. Each encounter with a brother or sister is a mysterious encounter with Jesus himself. 
in the upper room, the man like us in all things, but ungratefulness, spelled out the game plan of gratitude. Love one another as I have loved you. To Peter on the beach along the Sea of Tiberias, he said, if you love me, Simon, son of John, tend my sheep. Quite simply, our deep gratitude to Jesus Christ is manifested neither in being chaste, honest, sober, respectable, nor in church going, Bible talking, and psalm singing, but in our deep and delicate respect for one another. He loves us the way we are. He loved us even before we were saved, even before we made some changes in our lives or habits, whatever. And I think that he's looking for people that without him here are going to be that same love to others. He could have come as the Son of God in all his glory and say, you know what? You guys are hopeless. You will never be able to change. You're all sinners. But he came as a human being and he sat down with sinners and he accepted them the way that they were. Why is this important? Because that is the, the root and key of everything that we believe. Like we read in Zephaniah 3, you know, he shouts for joy over you. He accepts and he loves. And he's looking for his body to be that same atmosphere. We all know that. It's easy to agree with that. But the key to all of this is, first of all, you're only going to be able to love much if you're forgiven much. You have to be able to recognize that how much you have been forgiven. You know, and then in response, you're going to love him back. And then you're going to learn how to love others. But even before that, you have to love yourself. You have to accept the way that he created and framed you and even framed your history. The family that you were born in, the country, the culture, and all the things that happened in your life. Imagine your life as a book of many chapters and it's not completely written yet. So a walk with God is allowing him to continue to write the next chapters of your life, of my life, and accepting all the previous chapters and being thankful for that. Because that's, you know, we were talking about that layers of events and, and 
relationships that he's using and he's still creating and still working in, in each one of our lives. We have this opportunity here, thank God, to be in relationships. You know, and for a long time, I think we were almost like conditioned to behave a certain way and do certain things. And that was all good. It was all good, important chapters. And I'm thankful for all the chapters. I'm thankful. I'm not going to bring conditionings or uh, disapproval, unbelief, anything to the new chapter. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to be thankful for you. I'm going to continue to worship you, even if you know, some of those thorns continue to be in my flesh. I'm going to say that your grace and your love are enough and sufficient for me. I, I'm, I'm excited because I think, like I said in the beginning, I think that there's a process happening. You know, and the Lord is finding ways to reach one, each one of us. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the freedom that we have to come and worship together and to have this Bible studies and just the moments that we, we get to be together because this is really important. Amen? Amen. We bless this for us. Yes. You know, your faith saved you. Your faith made you whole. I'm glad that to kind of shake a little bit of the way we think about faith. Faith is just a, a way of, that you find to touch the Lord. And there are million ways that we can do that. You know, and, and, and I just bless our, even if it's out of despair, we will find a way to touch him. Amen.